0: PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. So, this week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll be featuring Josh Senters. He's managing editor of Tidbits. You'll also hear from Stephen Baker from the NPD Group about sales trends for computers, smartphones, smartwatches, TVs, and more. I'm the Tech Night Owl live. (laughs) That laughter emerges from Josh Centers of Tidbits. He's managing editor because I told a very silly, non-existent joke. And so it's maybe an embarrassed laugh. Is that what it was?
1: Oh, I don't know. I, I don't really analyze myself that much.
0: You have an article at Tidbits. The lengths thieves will go to unlock iphones now yeah the reason i want to ask you about that is we never hear about the lens thieves will go to unlock android phones because i assume they can do that
1: um well yeah there's some tricks to it so uh, a few years ago in response to law enforcement complaints about stolen iphones apple added a feature called activation lock i think it was uh ios 7 they did this and in essence, you cannot activate an iPhone if it is currently logged into an iCloud account. So uh, thieves have been trying; have been coming up with some kind of clever ways to get around that. Uh, since the the security, you know, the te- on the technology end is more or less ironclad. So the the two main ways thieves have been getting past this is either when they steal the phone, they demand that you log out of your iCloud account, which could end disastrously because I know a lot of people don't. Know their iCloud password at all. In fact, we heard from a lot of tidbits readers who don't know their, I, their own iCloud passwords. But another way they're doing it is by good old fashioned social engineering. They go to the Apple store. Apparently, it takes a manager to do this, but they, they sweet talk the manager and say, Look, I, I bought this phone from a guy and I, he doesn't know the password and I don't know what it is. And, and more often than not, they'll unlock it because that's an extremely common thing. You know, people are bad at passwords, passwords are kind of terrible. If there's a way to bypass them, typically companies are all too willing to bypass them in the name of good customer service. And so vulnerabilities like this still exist.
0: The situation I ran into is more complicated than that. It really doesn't have that much to do with this subject, but I wanted to bring it up. We've mentioned it before a little bit. I had the same mobile phone number for probably 10 years or so. It had become a telemarketer's magnet where I'm just getting lots of calls and then we have uh, some internet stalkers who are annoying me these days and they call with really, really dumb information from different numbers so you can't block them. And that's the same problem with telemarketers. So I decided, you know what, I'm just going to get rid of this number. not going to do a forward because I'll still get the stupid calls. I'll get rid of this number and change it. I forgot something. I forgot to change it On one of my iCloud accounts, which, of course, they have two-step verification now. There is no way on earth to ever recover that account again. Fortunately, I'm not using any of my devices on there, and I have one machine that could basically get all that email, and I'm just switching the email addresses for people that I'm in contact with. But Apple will not, no matter what happened, how it happened, why it happened, they will not do a thing to recover that account. They say they can't. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's different for everybody. And, you know, that's one of the things with Apple is that, you know, sometimes you get somebody really lenient and sometimes you don't.
0: (laughs) This is worse. I went through every level of support they'd let me go through. And they said the same thing. No, we cannot do anything for you if you don't have the recovery key. And I don't know how many people Mm -hmm. actually save their recovery key. Or if you don't have a trusted device, a trusted device meaning that one of my devices had been activated with that number, I'm stuck. There's nothing they can do. I went through, like I said, multiple levels, talked to maybe half a dozen people, spent several days at this. Now, I understand from a security standpoint this, but I could walk into a post office or anywhere and provide enough verification of my identity to get a passport i'm not on the do not fly list i have my birth certificate i have my social security card i have my driver's license you know do they need my first born and only born his blood or something
1: (laughs) right it's tricky it's uh you know trying to get that balance between you know because on one hand you know you have situations like this where a thief can get a stolen phone activated and then you have a situation like yours where you locked out of your account. It's, it's very tricky. Uh, Apple, I think probably thinks about this more than most companies, but even then, you know, as, as we can see in two opposing examples here that even they often get it wrong, you know, and how, you know, I, I mean, I agree. There should be some better verification steps involved. And that seems to be what we're coming to get back to on both ends of this, you know, on, on both the, you know, uh, preventing thieves from activating iPhones and, and helping people recover accounts. There needs to be better verification all the way around.
0: The most important thing here is that I understand Apple is concerned about security. But if you can prove who you are, and you have something that could pass any test that I'm Gene Steinberg and not Josh Senters or, you know, Clark Kent or something, why, why do they put you in a position like that? There has to be an exception to rules like that.
1: Right. I mean, I mean, you know, overall, I mean, I think we're coming to the same agreement. There needs to be a better process in place overall, but there just needs to be a better process because, you know, thieves can get phones activated and legitimate users cannot uh, you know cannot get into their accounts and uh, hold on a second my, my robot vacuum will not stop banging in my office door and it's me. bonkers
0: so we stopped for a second with our interview because josh had some kind of conflict with his robotic vacuum perhaps it has a mind of its own as about to take over the house and possess it what went on here
1: Oh <laughs> uh, my, uh, my Ecovacs vacuum was just banging against my office door repeatedly, and it was driving me crazy. So I turned it off.
0: <laughs> okay, so let's go back to this now. We have thieves who can sweet talk somebody at an Apple store to get access to a device, a locked device. But somebody who has a legitimate need to unlock an account is left out. You know, it's, it's like saying you do better if you're dishonest, which is preposterous. But that's, I guess, what's happening here.
1: Yeah, I mean, in a way,
0: yeah, in a way. I mean I, know, worked, I mean, I had business partner once who kept saying that and I wouldn't do it. You know, I wouldn't do dishonest things just because maybe they would make more money. Mm -hmm. But when you get to a situation like this, anyway, maybe we'll have some answers. But there are those machines out there that can unlock an iPhone. And it's used by hackers. I guess police departments buy them, too. I guess if you sell them, how do you know?
1: The main use is uh, police departments.
0: Yes, but how do they verify that the sale is going to a police department?
1: I don't know. I, I don't really know how how the pur- how law enforcement purchasing works. I mean, I'm guessing, uh, and this is purely a guess, I'm guessing there's some sort of vendor pipeline already in place to verify these things. I mean, you have to think, you know, the police have um, a bit easier access to things that, maybe a regular citizen wouldn't you know like i mean i'm sure i could get my hands on say like a tear gas grenade but uh it probably won't be as straightforward as if you're um a police department
0: <laughs> this of course is one of the reasons that apple used not to create a backdoor in ios we'll go to that in the next segment with josh centers i'm gene steinberger you're in the tech night out live
3: Pain in my neck, back, and shoulders has really gotten worse.
4: Relief for body pain is here with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Well, the last thing I want is to take another pill. So, what's so good about Sunny Bay Heating Pads? Sunny Bay Heating Pads, made by Biomed DB Design right here in the USA, come in all sizes. Our extra large microwavable heating pad for back pain is designed to be large enough to cover your entire back. It's also perfect to wrap around your legs, knees, or shoulder and neck.
3: But I need to know they're good quality.
4: Of course, Sunny Bay. Heating pads and pillows are often an Amazon choice, and it's easy and most affordable when you purchase your Sunny Bay heating pads right from our website, sunshinepillows.com. Or call us 253-678-1361. Hey, a Sunny Bay heating pad would
3: make a great gift, right?
4: Yes, and they start at just $19, and free shipping is available. So call 253-678-1361 or shop for your Sunny Bay heating pad at
5: Sunshinepillows.com.
6: Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. By now you know
8: that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockItPocket.com offers quality, American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockItPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockItPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy.
9: We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com.
0: We continue with Josh Centers of Tidbits and... We're talking about iPhone security unlocking it and what thieves can do. And we have this very well-known situation where an iPhone 5C owned by the company to which this terrorist worked. This is the San Bernardino, California shootings. And they wanted to unlock that phone. The authorities, the FBI asked Apple if they'd build a version of iOS to provide a backdoor for them. And Tim Cook and crew said no. A very simple reason is, if the police get a hold of that, every criminal out there will find a way to get that back door. It's open. Mm. That's it. But the other thing, of course, that was stupid, because if this is a company phone, not a personal phone, the company should have access to it. They're using tools, we hope, to activate that phone. So it should be trivial to grab the data and wipe the phone clean that's number one Mm -hmm. or the agency was very stupid we don't know the second thing is do you think someone who is well-educated still a terrorist but well-educated terrorist would be stupid enough to put incriminating information on a company phone wouldn't he do that with a burner phone just saying
1: yeah i mean maybe maybe if the terrorist uh Was on a suicide mission, why would they care?
0: (laughs) Possibly. In the end, they did get it unlocked with the aid of a third party because the iPhone 5C and the older version of iOS were not nearly as secure as the new versions. So they did get that done and they didn't find anything incriminating. So it was much ado about nothing, but still creates the conversation here. What do you do in situations like this? It's not that Apple doesn't provide iCloud information to the authorities. Ask Roger Stone. Okay. Roger Stone, the rabble-rousing political operative who started working with Nixon and then, you know, worked with Trump most recently. They access his iCloud account.
1: Yeah. And there was was, uh, some right-wing outlets that were uh, saying that this was uh, hypocrisy on Apple's part because they wouldn't unlock uh, a terrorist's iPhone, but they would give uh, law enforcement access to Roger Stone's iCloud account. Of course, ignoring the fact that uh, my understanding of this is that the the law enforcement did have access to the San Bernardino shooter's iCloud account. And also, uh, as you've indicated, there's a very big difference between giving access to one account, which is, uh, you know if there's a valid warrant, is required by law here in the United States. And putting an exploit into the operating system itself, and you know those are both very different things. I don't necessarily like this idea, but I acknowledge that the the fact that law enforcement has to have a way, um, if if it's possible, to access these accounts, and and you know that's what the whole warrant system's about, right? Um, You see, that also
0: says to me that Apple could allow me access to my iCloud account. But it's not that I'd have to get a legal order. I'd have to go to court to send an order, a court order to Apple to unlock the account for me. It says they can do it if they can do it for law enforcement authorities. If they can do it for the FBI, why can't they do it for an individual user who provides proper identification? Mm
1: -hmm. Well, I mean, you have a point. Uh, You know, I mean, I don't know. (laughs) You have to take it to Tim Cook. I couldn't tell you.
0: The inscrutable Mr. Cook. I think it's the matter also of overcorrecting because you have all these security problems with Facebook, you know, less so with Google. Google doesn't have as many problems as it used to. Microsoft doesn't, but Facebook leaks like a sieve there, you know. So in situations like this, maybe again, he's overcompensating. Anyway, that's where it goes. Apple also had an issue. Speaking of security with group FaceTime, what actually happened there?
1: Right. So the the problem with group FaceTime was that there was a bug where a caller could listen in on your iOS uh, device. I I guess the Mac, too, because there's also an update for the Mac uh, while it was ringing. I mean, it was both a big deal, not a big deal, because, I mean, you just have to let your phone just ring continually uh, for this to work. And Apple did work to fix it pretty quickly. There is a, I think he was a 15-year-old boy who, uh, who fa- actually discovered this and reported to Apple, although they got held up in uh, some red tape there. and uh, But it was independently discovered uh, not long after that, and Apple fixed it pretty quickly. They fixed it first on the server end, uh, which was the most expedient way. And then they, uh, then they released updates to re-enable group FaceTime. So in theory, it's all hunky-dory now. But yeah, I mean, it's it a pretty big security lapse. And, you know, it does say a few things about Apple's processes. You know, for one thing, de- and, and Apple has said they agree with this, there needs to be a, a better way for common people who are not developers to bring this stuff to Apple's attention. There also has to be... The, you know, there the really needs to be better testing. Frankly, I, you know, I, would ch- and I don't know who's testing this stuff now. Uh, you know, I mean, presumably they have this, you know, that's the reason they have these public betas and all that. But, you know, this is why situations like this, you know, diversity is very important, you know, in, in all sorts of different ways. Because, um, you know, one thing I, I've learned from writing tech books and tech articles uh, for several years now uh, better part of a decade now, is that people do really strange things with their devices, things that you don't, do not expect, the things the developers, the documenters will not expect. And so uh, you, know, you have to have a wide testing pool. You have to have a wide and diverse testing pool to discover these things. And you know something like what he did, where he's just randomly swiping and tapping on things, it's the kind of thing a bored teenager would do, right? Not something necessarily a busy adult would do. But, you know, here he was just tapping around the screen. He was probably just on a FaceTime call and bored and stumbled into this. So, <laughs> you know, both testing and reporting, I think it stands some improvements.
0: Hire a few bored teenagers. Hire that kid. There you go. There You need a few bored teenagers. Also, it's the kind of bug that people may not even notice or care about. It's something that you really have to pay attention if you encounter it, I assume. Because you're not listening, you're waiting for the connection, and if you hear voices, maybe you're not, you know, listening or not noticing. Wait a minute, what's going on here?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, how would you know about this unless uh, you just happen to stumble across it?
0: And once again, no one is perfect. Microsoft has bugs all the time. They have bugs in their operating system and sometimes brick computers. But we say, oh, it's just Microsoft. No big deal. If anything happens with Apple, it's front page news. And even when they fix it, it's ignored. How could Apple, being so perfect, allow themselves to be human and make mistakes? We only assume that when they do something dumb, they will go back, look at the process and say, you know what? This is what we missed. Maybe we do need the bored teenager, whatever. This is what we missed. And then, therefore, therefore, the next time you know, we released a software, we'll add an extra test to the process. So going forward, it gets better. This gets better. Josh centers of Tidbits. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live.
10: Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today.
4: Detoxify, lose weight, and restore balance to your body by simply drinking tea. Surprised? Dr. Miller's Holy Tea can help you feel better and even lose weight because Holy Tea is a unique herbal tea blend of all natural ingredients specially formulated by Dr. Bill Miller. Call this number, 888-660-7039, or click drmillersclinic.com. Take the first step toward better health. Drink tea from Dr. Miller's Clinic.
11: USA Radio News with Tim Berg. In Munich, Germany, Vice President Mike Pence says things are going well in America.
12: We came here to deliver a message that America is stronger, our economy is stronger, our military is stronger. We're standing with our allies.
11: We're standing up, uh, not just for our priorities, but we're advancing the interests of the free world, and we've made great progress. California Republican Congressman Tom McClintock is defending President Trump's national emergency declaration at the southern border. The Republican lawmaker says illegal immigration is a crisis that can't be ignored.
6: I think the president's on absolutely solid ground. This is a an authority that dates back to 1976. It's been used 58 times.
11: State Department spokesman Heather Noward has withdrawn her name for consideration to become the next ambassador to the U.N. Noward cited this decision as being the best for her family. This is USA Radio News. Balance of
4: nature's fruits and veggies in a capsule.
13: When I found out I had diabetes a while back, I thought, hey, this isn't going to get better unless I really make a fundamental change. And along with that, I got on board with Balance of Nature. So I'm I'm going to do a lot of things right, but uh, I I think I can't tell you how much, how good it feels to, to, to have some of the issues that I was dealing with completely gone.
3: Every winter, I usually get a really bad laryngitis, cold. I didn't get it this past year. I don't know if it's a coincidence, but I didn't get it this year at all.
4: Use discount code USA for 35% off your first preferred set of fruits and veggies with free shipping. This offer is going to end between now and February, so act fast. Call 800 246 or go online to balanceofnature.com and use discount code USA
12: you're listening to the tech night owl live with gene steinberg you never know what's going to happen next
0: apple retail apple store the head of the retail division who came from the fashion industry? She said bye bye. What happened there?
1: uh we don't really know uh you know, on one hand, she indicated in a comment to an interviewer the week before that uh she missed London, but there's a lot of clues that she she may not have left voluntarily uh, for one thing, there was a a glowing uh profile of her published just a week before her departure. Uh, her departure came uh, a few weeks after one of apple's worst quarters in a while especially when you look at iphone numbers and uh, not to mention that apple replaced her with uh who didri o'brien who's uh their who is already their head of people so basically they put the hr lady in charge of the apple store as well uh not not that she won't do a great job and in some ways i think it's a great move because it seems that at the apple store the physical apple store's biggest challenge is is in talent and having enough people so I, I can see why it's a sensible move but it does seem a bit hasty and tim cook does not have the best record here one of his first big decisions as ceo was to replace ron johnson who left uh, voluntarily to go uh, try to run jc penny uh which i think is impossible to do but anyway uh he hired john browett who i think he was in charge of like some kind of like best buy t- type uh chain in the uk and uh of course he came in and ran the place like circuit city uh slashed uh you know fired a bunch of people uh just cutting uh costs everywhere and making a mess of the apple store and he lasted just a few months and it took cook almost two years to hire uh i i can never pronounce her name right so it's i think angela arnst is is how i've heard it pronounced Uh, most often although it seems like everyone has a different way of pronouncing it so angela if i'm getting your name wrong i'm sorry but it took almost two years to hire her and it was an interesting hire at the time because she of course was the very successful ceo of burberry which uh is a luxury fashion retailer I actually had never heard of it before until she was hired by apple and so in many ways it felt like a step down but my understanding is she made about 70 million dollars in apple stock so you know maybe loss of title but uh (laughs) she made a lot of money in the process. So what happened behind the scenes? Yeah, I don't know. I I suspect she was asked to leave. I I could not tell you for sure. I think in either case, with a net worth of $150 million, she'll be okay. I'll tell you another clue too about, about her sudden departure is that her town hall vision for the Apple store hasn't even even been close to implement it and she announced this what just she announced in 2016 showed off some actual concepts and started remodeling stores in 2017 and here it is 2019 and uh i I don't know what's happening to that initiative it's i guess dead you do have to wonder uh you know just what exactly happened there i'm sure the truth will come out eventually but uh you know they're keeping a pretty tight lid on it right now
0: Of course, she probably has a non-disclosure agreement with Apple. Or in the end, there'll be a tell-all book from somebody. But there was also the fact that she's working in California. Her family's in London. She has a husband. She has kids. I assume at her age, they'd be grown by now, but I don't know. Her history. But that doesn't do well for a family relationship. When you've got to hop on a plane and spend hours to get to see your significant other, of course, depending on the marriage, maybe that makes it better. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I couldn't comment as to her personal life, but I mean, it may have just been a case where you know, maybe it was a mutual decision. You know, I mean, she could have been missing her family. I don't know. Maybe she has some grandkids. You know, she has plenty of money. She doesn't have to you know do anything she doesn't want to. Apple wanted to try something different, and you know, I mean, it could have very well been mutual. I mean, who knows? But you know, the point being. Like I said, I think she'll be okay. I think she's going to make it. Um, I, I don't think you're going to see her working at a McDonald's anytime soon or you know, sweeping floors anywhere. I, I think I think she'll be all right. I think she has a, a nest egg.
0: Basically, she could buy a few hundred McDonald's and just maybe spend some change. But, you know, maybe I mean, yeah. Or maybe buy a little Caesars or something, depending on what her point of view is. I think we have to see where she goes next to get a feeling for this maybe she was also a fish out of water it didn't quite work wasn't the right mix it's hard to find people like that ron johnson went over to jc penny my assumption is from talking to people is that he had a vision there to remake jc penny but he never finished it he wasn't allowed to finish it before he was given the heave ho it's one of those situations where things get worse before they get better but where jc penny is now is nowhere it's maybe one step above sears
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's basically, I think, unsalvageable. I'm going to tell you my my thought on the Ron Johnson thing, because I've thought about this for a long time. I used to work in the corporate end of retail. I'm going to tell you the problem with Ron Johnson at JCPenney. And it's not a politically correct opinion. But the simple fact is, he's a dude. And JCPenney is not a store for dudes. It's a store for middle class women who go to malls. And the way men and women shop, and I'm generalizing here, but the way men and women shop are very different on average. Men We like to go into a place. We like to know what the price is. Ideally, before we go in, we like to know where it is, go get it, pay for it, leave. We don't like shopping as an experience. Women, on the other hand, and I can speak here for my mother, my wife, my mother in law, you know, all the women in my life, they make a game out of shopping. They love the whole uh, like Kohl's. Kohl's is really good at this. And he knows Kohl's has a, has a woman CEO and and she understands this psychology. You know, Kohl's has, oh, well, you to know, we come in at this time of day with this coupon. We'll give you this much Kohl's cash and you can redeem the Kohl's cash for this. You know, it's it's this whole spiel. You know, like you don't just walk into a Kohl's and buy something. That's the stupid way to do it. You have to wait for the right sale and wait for the right coupon and get some Kohl's cash and think you're getting a really good deal. It's a game. I hate that stuff. Most men I know hate that stuff. Women love that stuff. And Ron Johnson made the mistake of going into JCPenney. And see, the Apple store at heart is, you know at least the pricing model is very masculine. It's like, look, we sell it at one price. You walk in, you buy it. If you don't like the price, leave. We we don't particularly have sales. We might throw in an extra pair of earbuds occasionally, but that's about it. Uh, So Ron Johnson tried to take over uh, a woman's store and run it like a man and he took all the fun out of it because he switched jc penny got rid of the sales switched to this everyday low price stuff and he, he just he sapped all the fun out of it there's a lot of women who this is this is their game this is their hobby and and, and he he killed their joy because he fundamentally did not understand the business that business I mean, ron johnson's a genius don't don't think i'm insulting him just like uh, a- angela arnst is a genius too but it's very hard, you know, to find the right fit in retail. JC Penney wasn't for Ron Johnson. I don't think the Apple store was necessarily for Arnst. Uh, you know, she was great at the presentation. She was great at the the actual retail end. But here's here's the thing. Burberry didn't need a tech support department. Okay, they sell like sweaters and clothes and stuff. You get it, you know. You get some bad clothes from Burberry or, or a pocketbook or wherever the heck they sell. You know, you don't need to go to the Genius Bar at Burberry. You know, people don't have to break out a soldering iron and fix it either. Look, if you don't like it, you return it. I guess they have a return policy. You know, either you like it or you don't like it. Either it's working or or this is not going to work, and that's one thing, I, one steady complaint I've heard from people is that under her command of the the apple store the genius bar is really declining quality the people there aren't as tech savvy as they once were it takes a long time to get things serviced and i think that's just a part of the business she was totally blind to and that's not to say she's stupid or ignorant or whatever it's just that that's just not her focus that's not what her thing is so apple didn't like the way she was writing things i suspect that probably had a lot to do with it. That's my, now that's my suspicion. I've heard um, from people both inside Apple and outside Apple, and, and she made some positive things. In 2016, Apple was still per square foot making way more money than any other retailer. I mean, it just totally blew Tiffany's out of the water. She was very successful there. She merged online and physical retail, which was no easy task she uh you know the town hall format i'm not sure i'm not town hall town square format i'm not sure how successful that was but for the most part for positive things
0: let me break here we'll talk about the person who is the former head of apple retail i'm gene steinberg he's josh centers you're in the tech night out live Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on this special deal at Namecheap.com. Namecheap.com
15: Many people believe they don't control their own destiny because they haven't chosen to take the first step towards the life they've always dreamed of. Let them continue just getting by while you make the choice to do something about your future. Imagine working from home, earning the income you deserve. Start small or dream big. Work part-time or full-time. You choose the pace. Just visit StartLivingYoung.com. That's StartLivingYoung.com. And click on the Be Your Own Boss tab. Discover Juness, a state-of-the-art global health products company that spent five years on the Inc. 5,000 fastest-growing private companies in America list. With over a billion a year in sales, they'll provide all the tools you need to thrive and succeed and you'll be blown away by how little it takes to get started. Visit StartLivingYoung.com today and click on the Be Your Own Boss tab at the top of the page. 2019 will be the year your new life begins. Your destiny awaits at StartLivingYoung.com.
4: 1 800 919 5435. You could save up to 70%. That's 1 800 919 5435. 1 800 919 5435.
12: You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next.
0: So you were busy stating her successes in this, but you know maybe there's an answer there in choosing the HR person. So what Apple is lacking here. And we don't know whether this woman also has some visions about retail is, as you say, the quality of genius bar support, meaning they've got to get people in there Mm -hmm. who are better trained to handle the job. And maybe that's the main focus of what she does. It may also be it's an interim position. She's doing these two positions to fix this in the Apple store. Then she'll go back to what she's doing. She's going to get plenty of money and someone else will come in. But Apple's not going to say that.
1: You know, I mean, I think either one seems likely. I I can't see her running Apple Store forever. That seems like something that you don't want somebody's focus to be split. That's a pretty key position. But look, my biggest criticism of Tim Cook and his reign at Apple, and quite frankly, I think it's a damning one for a CEO. And otherwise, I think he's a good CEO, but he's a terrible judge of talent look at some of these decisions he's made you know the john browett hire john browett to anyone who knew apple knew that was a bad choice from the get-go angela are you know a better choice but given her pedigree i you know honestly i think her reign was kind of disappointing you know deidre o'brien you know maybe he just put her on she's been at apple for over 30 years uh she's trusted and maybe he doesn't he's not trusting his own judgment there maybe it's part of her job to find the new retail chief i don't know um but yeah, he, he has a problem with this. I mean, uh, and I can't think of the guy's name, but the the lawyer Apple had to get uh, Apple employees from insider trading has just been busted for insider trading of Apple stock. He, so you have to wonder about some of these personnel decisions at the highest levels. You know, there's a lot of uh, people who uh, question uh, Cook's decision to get rid of Scott Forstall. It, you know, it seems to be his, his Achilles heel above all else. You know, he's 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 provides a very steady hand for uh, many things Apple. I and mean, I could sing his praises all day of how he handled this recent downturn. I think he did a good, good job of handling it. But it, it really seems like talent has suffered at Apple more than anything at, at all levels. I mean, the Genius Bar, and this is by Tidbits reports and from people here inside Apple, you know, the Genius Bar isn't quite what it was the retail employees aren't quite as knowledgeable as they used to be. Uh, you know, Adam and I are working on an update of our preview book. And and unfortunately, most of the book right now consists of, well, this doesn't work anymore. This doesn't work anymore. They removed this. You know, we're not saying, oh, hey, they added features. And so there seems to be a, a real rod of talent at all levels of Apple, you know, whether you look at the top or at the bottom. And I think that reflects poorly on Cook. Now, like I said, I'm, I'm not here to bash Jim Cook, but I don't know. What do you think? Do you you think he has a problem with the the personnel thing? Do you think he has a problem with talent? Picking the right people?
0: Project Titan, the project to either build an electric vehicle or just create the software interface for one. They've had problems with layoffs, with different people at the top of the heap. So there have been personnel problems there. It may be because... It's a pretty hard project to do. It's going to entail many years, multiple, multiple billions of dollars, and there are going to be shakeouts. But then again, maybe he didn't pick the right people at the right time.
1: Yeah, it could be. I mean, we know that Elon Musk was bragging about stealing talent from Apple, and funny enough, a lot of those people have gone back to Apple now. Apple's kind of stealing talent from Tesla now because Elon's sort of a nutcase. So yeah, I mean, no, the the project Titan's a good point now. Uh, You know, we talked about that endlessly a year or two ago. And, uh, you know, like I've always said, the car projects a very hard thing to break into. You know, there's a reason just a handful of companies throughout the world make cars. First of all, there's a lot of regulatory capture. Uh, The existing players are very well protected by their governments, I mean, look at, you know, Volkswagen, you know, Germany bails them out all the time. GM, uh, you know, our government will bail them out at the drop of a hat because uh, it's such a big industry. So, uh, you know, and I will say, you know, as crazy as I think Elon Musk is, it says a lot that he's been able to build a successful automotive business, even if he has, has hands stuck out to the government for a chunk of of his uh, car building career. It's just, it's a really tough market. I mean, you have to get past so many layers of regulation, and, you know, and you notice that, uh, you know, a lot of cars on the road look, look the same, you know, they're, they're all got the, you know, the, the sedans have the jelly bean shape, even the trucks, you know, they're all being built with like aluminum now because they have to, you know, there's cafe regulations, there's, there's, you know, fuel standard requirements, there's safety requirements. It's very hard to make an innovative car, I mean, even look at the Tesla. You know, the Tesla Three. In fact, the whole Tesla lineup. You know, really cool cars. If you look at the outside, quite frankly, I don't, I don't think the styling on them is all that impressive. You know, they don't look. It doesn't look like cool, like a like an exotic car or something. It looks it's kind of a bland style. Um,
0: I'll tell you what. I see Tesla Model S's every so often because there is a Tesla service center near Tempe, Arizona. I'm not far from there, so I pass in my travels sometimes the tesla model s this hundred thousand dollar sporty sedan luxury sedan from the outside i think if i didn't know cars that well i would think maybe it's a jaguar i'm not happy with jaguar by the way they're losing a lot of money it's a jaguar or something like that i don't see it as being this unique ev car on the other hand maybe that's part of the project rather than say this car is Different, say this car is a normal car. It looks like a normal car from the outside. Obviously, it's very different from the inside. But because of that, it makes it easier for people to say, you know what? I'll go for the electric car because, for all practical purposes, it's a car. I mean, compare that yeah, to I mean... a Toyota Prius. A Toyota <laughs> Prius may be a pretty good car, although Consumer Reports doesn't ever give them very good reviews. It may be a great car, but it looks bizarre.
1: Yeah, you, well, you know, I'm not a fan of the Prius, but I will say I, I do like the styling on it. You know, it's not exactly to my taste, but it is a it is a bold style, and and it is distinctive, which is, a, a, you know, as we've established, it's a hard thing to pull off in this day and age. So I'll give him some respect for that.
0: Well, I know it holds its value very well. By the way, you mentioned Volkswagen. Volkswagen had to pay billions and billions of dollars because of the diesel emissions scandal. And as a result of which the diesel engine in a car, a light vehicle, a car and SUV. Not for trucks, but a car, SUV, etc., it's dead. Dead in the yeah. water. And it That's turned sad. out it, that the other companies were pulling the same stunt as Volkswagen was, but they were caught first.
1: Yeah, I, I suspect that this is uh this is a practically universal um unfortunately and it's very unfortunate about the diesel engine you know i used to write about cars at the start of my writing my post-college writing career and i was always impressed by uh by volkswagen's diesel technology even though it may not be as good as uh, it was originally uh, touted to be but i mean i took a trip with a friend one time Uh, we drove from bowling green kentucky to atlanta georgia and this was in a Jetta TDI, one of the diesel models. I think we might have used one tank of gas the entire. T- I mean, the entire trip. This is like 2007 or so. This is back when gas was like three, maybe four dollars a gallon. So you know that was a that was a really big deal back then uh, for for a bunch of broke uh, post college uh, young adults <laughs> on a tight budget.
0: Well, right now, you're getting like 50 miles a gallon. The Jetta, which is the cheapest Volkswagen, the one I have, and that car is basically unchanged from 2012 through 2018. 2019 is a new design, more efficient. You could get up to 35, 40 miles a gallon with a regular turbo four-cylinder engine. Pretty good gas economy. It's not diesel level, but remember, diesel and cars cost more. In most places, the cost of diesel fuel is higher. So at what point does it equalize itself? You pay more for the car, you pay more for the vehicle. How many miles do you have to drive before you say, you know what, now I saved money? Not just one individual trip, but you're buying that car three, four, five years, whatever. When does the savings kick in?
1: Right. Well, when gas is three fifty-four dollars a gallon, now I did the numbers back then, I could, and it's been a long time since I've done this, but back then it made financial sense. It made sense to do it then. These days with gas at around $2 a gallon, probably not. Um, but, yeah, diesel is, you know, at least with the numbers I was given back then, I don't know how, they may not have been true, but diesel is significantly more efficient than uh regular gas gasoline especially regular gasoline watered down with ethanol so uh yeah super uh super efficient uh maybe not as clean as once thought um but you know it's all for naught now because i I doubt anyone's going to be making trying to make clean diesel now it's all either electric
0: or nothing it's not going to be nothing if you listen to these announcements more to come on the tech night out live (laughs)
15: Many people believe they don't control their own destiny. Let them continue just getting by while you make the choice to do something about your future. Imagine working from home, earning the income you deserve. Just visit StartLivingYoung.com and click on the Be Your Own Boss tab. Discover Juness, a state-of-the-art global health company with over a billion a year in sales. They'll provide all the tools you need to succeed. Visit StartLivingYoung.com today and click on the Be Your Own Boss tab. Your destiny awaits at StartLivingYoung.com.
9: Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg.
0: And as I said, regular gas engines are becoming more and more efficient. Cars are being designed with less resistance in the wind tunnel which also explains the bizarre shapes you get on some vehicles as a result of which if you can get 35 more 40 miles a gallon or better with a gas car and i think consumer reports got way more than 40 with the 2019 vw jetta the difference with diesel is not that extreme anymore so that's where you go with technology Anyway, yeah, we were talking actually like about said, the personnel at Apple <laughs> and, and how that uh, how that factored in with the car initiative. Do you think it's going to be a car or a software?
1: I mean, I think Apple really would rather just create a, a whole solution. So, in other words, a car. Like I said, they're, they're going to hit a lot of walls with that. Uh, I'm sure they already have in many places. So, I mean, they may have to fall back and create some sort of system that licenses out to automakers but if the automakers are smart which is debatable but there's been enough history of this now they should know that you know if apple's trying to create a supplementary system eventually they're going to want to take the whole thing over so they may not be willing to do business uh with them there
0: then again a lot of companies are integrating carplay but that's just basically streaming your iphone into your cars into infotainment system now more and more tv makers are adding support for airplay too and samsung and their new smart tvs will include an itunes app or an apple tv app whatever you want to call it so you won't need an apple tv anymore because apple realizes they can't sell apple tvs at $179, they have to be premiums if you sign up with a cable or satellite provider, or they provide the technology direct to the TV makers, so they get their piece of the pie. They can compete fairly with Google and other companies. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, the TV thing is really interesting, and I'm not quite, my suspicion there is that Apple is probably pivoting away from the Apple TV box, uh, which is currently necessary, but not a great seller. I mean, it sells okay, but I don't think it's losing Apple money, but it's not a, a smash hit product. I think Apple thinks that if it can pivot its TV business to less hardware and more services, they'll make more money. And that's probably true. It definitely seems to be the direction the company is going. You know, I think that's what's going on there. Uh, The AirPlay, the CarPlay stuff. Yeah, I mean, so in a a way, this is already happening. What I'm talking about, you know, because we know Apple is working on autonomous driving systems, uh, you know, actually, you know, actual intelligence running the car itself. I I do think there's a bit of a difference, you know, in terms of competitive advantage between uh, the in-car entertainment system. And another thing, too, most of the companies that are including these things are also including Google's system, too. They're not getting themselves overly leveraged with Apple, which probably smart on their part. And, you know, it's user-friendly, too. Because I mean, you know, not everyone wants to be stuck with Apple forever, necessarily. So, you know, in both those cases, I think that's what's going on. I think broadly, you're probably going to see more focus on services, less, fo- less focus on hardware. If Apple is still focused on a car, I do think they would rather make their own car. But, you know, if they're developing a lot of technology behind the scenes, getting a lot of patents, you know, they might end up just creating a system they can license out
0: if they create a car they have to get some kind of manufacturing facility or build one from scratch the one that toyota and gm had set up in california i think fremont california is it that's the one tesla uses for their main manufacturings. they bought this existing car plant and converted it to their needs they didn't build one from scratch although i understand they're going to be doing that i think in china for example let's get to the tv though okay Stories now, either March or April, Apple will announce its TV initiative, an event that will feature some of the TV stars they've signed up. Now, this seems to follow the fact that Apple is going to make it easier for Apple's services to be available on a TV without an Apple TV. I understand on some of the TVs, AirPlay 2 will be retroactive. They can just send a software update and add it like another app. And if that's the case, you'll have in a couple of years millions and millions of TVs without buying an Apple TV that could get Apple content.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, uh, you know, a big service play to be made here. What's going to be interesting to see is how they're going to uh, differentiate themselves. But I guess we're going to find out more at this event, assuming these rumors are true. And there seems to be, they seem to be inviting a lot of. uh, so-called stars to this thing so you know i, I guess uh they probably are say so, yeah, i'll i'll be curious to see i mean we'll be watching and and talking about it and writing about it and uh you know, i'm sure i'm sure you'll have me back to talk about that when it happens
0: the only thing i'm worried about here is you're the author of take control of apple tv take control of apple tv Uh huh. is gonna mean less business for you
1: I mean, you know, maybe I mean, it's not honestly with the Apple TV book, uh, you know, I think it's sold most of what's going to sell. And, and truthfully, um, you know, if, if I, I would love an opportunity to scrap it and write it from scratch, because um, in in the few in the, it's been five years since I wrote the first edition and the TV market is totally different. You know, for instance, uh, I spent a lot of that book covering how to rip TV shows and movies, which I think is a good thing to know. But let's be honest, that's not what most people are going to do. And there's, and there's more convenient ways of converting your content now. Um, you know, there's, just, there's a lot of things I would do differently. And, you know, and we might have to see what this service is and what Apple's direction is. I mean, there may, not even be, there may not even be an Apple TV book in the future. There may not be a point, or it may get to a point where, you know, I, I do burn down Apple TV, write it from scratch, because maybe Apple TV won't be a box. Maybe Apple TV will be a service you subscribe to. Maybe Apple TV will be an app on your television. Maybe, uh, now this is crazy talk, but maybe Apple TV will be an actual TV set. I still think that would be the smart thing for Apple to do.
0: Or maybe Apple TV will, with some providers, the hardware will be the replacement for existing set-top boxes. And by keeping your DVR capability in the cloud. You don't have to worry about local storage, use of local bandwidth to transfer that file to your TV set. You don't have to do that. If you want to watch a show, you flag it and downloads from the cloud when you're actually watching it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, uh, Michael Cohen recently uh, reviewed the Spectrum app, which uh, seems to be a stealth launch of a streaming service. Uh, that they're doing. But uh, he, so he's a Spectrum cable customer, and now he can use the Apple TV app in place of the cable box. And it, it still has ways to go. But yeah, I think this is where things are going generally. Um, AT&T has announced that they, they're not going to launch any more direct TV satellites. Uh, you know, it's it's all going to, to streaming. Uh, you know, and hopefully they work out a lot of the kinks that are still there in the meantime, because, uh, you know, my father-in-law tried to replace direct tv with direct tv now and the interface just isn't there which is kind of remarkable given that supposedly it's the same company you would think they would learn some stuff uh from each other but that's uh, that doesn't seem to be the case
0: that's at&t their customer support is horrendous that's another thing but also bear in mind we still run up against the bandwidth cap so if you're a subscriber to netflix and using comcast or something or cox and some of them have Netflix built into their setup boxes. There's a bandwidth cap, or maybe. Now, Cox has a setup where I think for $50 a month you get unlimited, but unlimited means don't abuse the privilege. And then, of course, the internet's going to be very different soon because of 5G. Mm-hmm. Because 5G, I talked to somebody who's an engineer who works with cell towers, 10 times as many users with 5g okay so you'll be able to offer like 100 megabit internet minimum for 40 50 dollars a month and it will be the same it will be synchronous not asynchronous so it will upload at the same speed you'll make it ubiquitous using existing cell towers with new equipment more to come on the tech night owl live
9: We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl That's news at technightowl If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum That's forum
0: Anyway, just getting back to this. After talking to this engineer, that will make it easier to provide broadband, low-cost broadband to everyone with more capacity. They don't have to worry about bandwidth caps and make it easier for the streaming services to ultimately replace, to some degree, existing cable and satellite providers where there's a huge investment in infrastructure. You know, launching satellites is... Very expensive. No guarantee that satellite's going to make it. There's a small chance it won't. Very costly to lay fiber to the pedestal or to your home in order to bring the signal. But if you can do it wirelessly, you don't have to worry about that.
1: Right. The 5G thing will be interesting. I, you know, So far, it's, it seems to kind of be vaporware because... You know, AT&T is trying to push, uh, and they, did this, they, did, they pulled the same trick with 4G. They they tried to push 3G as 4G. Uh, T-Mobile tried something similar too, but now AT&T, and apparently Apple's going along with this, is pushing their, their 4G as 5G. So, I mean, I'm sure it's going to come about eventually. Uh, I'll, I'll be more of a believer in 5G when once Verizon starts implementing it. Because Verizon doesn't tend to indulge in bovine scatology. Either they have a technology or they don't. You know, we've had articles and tidbits. Jeff Porton's written stuff about how, you know, 5G is going to make everything amazing and wonderful and, um, you know, pet your cat and clean your litter box and do everything for you. I mean, we'll just see. You know, I have very much a wait-and-see attitude. You know, I think for – there's a lot of the country that's still underserved by wired Internet access. I thankfully have fiber. I I doubt 5G would be very competitive where I am, but – uh, you know, if you're in a place where DSL is still a common thing, you know, you you know, 5G might be a very good thing for you. It's it's really all g- are going to depend on the limitations. I mean, LTE is plenty fast for most people, but you have tiny bandwidth caps. You know, so if if 5G can get past that, then you know, I, I think there'll definitely be uh, some potential there. But I mean, if if you have this 5G speed and you, you still have like a one gig data cap or like a five gig data cap and you can just burn through it in 20 seconds, you know, people aren't going to be using it, not voluntarily anyway.
0: As I said, that has to disappear. And I think if 5G meets its promise, it'd be a lot better for the internet companies not to have to dig up streets and do all this nonsense. Anyway, back to the TV thing. So will Apple charge extra for it, offer it a la carte? What?
1: Oh, that's that's a good question. Uh, you know, I've heard a lot of things about how it, it's going to be a streaming service that they'll offer for free for um, people who own actual Apple devices. And, see, and, and the fact that they're adding the capability to show this service on non-Apple TV sets uh, I, might be a clue toward that. I, you know, I can't really say uh, what they're going to. Do. I don't really understand because you know I hear about all these t- all these studio deals they're making and these content acquisitions they're getting, and it seems like just kind of a hodgepodge of stuff. Like it just it's just a grab bag. Uh, you know, they will like, oh yeah, well, we we signed up with A twenty four going to make some horror movies for us, but family friendly ones, and and uh, we're going to have the amazing story show, and we're going to have uh, you know I think some of the guys behind Breaking Bad are making a show and. I don't know, just very scattershot. So, uh, and they've done a pretty good job of keeping this under wraps. I'll be as curious as anyone else. I really don't know what they're planning. I do think, you know, of course, it's going to be a big service play. I, I don't quite believe the whole thing about, you know, a lot of people keep saying it's going to be a free service for Apple device owners. You know, you might get a discount. You know, I'm sure there's going to be some advantages if you have Apple hardware, but that tends to not be the way Apple does things. I mean, you know, if you have an iPhone, it's not like you get a an Apple Music discount over, say, like an, someone who uses Apple Music from an Android phone. So I don't see why an Apple TV owner would get a special discount. But you know, oh, maybe they're doing something different. I don't know. I'm just curious I mean, as hyped as this service is, you know, it, i I really hope it's not just another Netflix or Hulu, but just with less stuff, because that would be super lame and would not reflect well, on well, on Apple.
0: The thing that bothers me is the shows they've mentioned so far—rumors, but some of that comes from like Hollywood Reporter or Variety, so it has to be credible. Most of the shows are not innovative in any way. Bringing back an anthology, sci-fi horror anthology from the '80s, "Amazing Stories" from Steven Spielberg, is nothing new. Maybe the Foundation, sci-fi. The, some of the sci-fi things are interesting the stuff from jennifer aniston and reese witherspoon Eh. or as we say in new york you know a lot of these shows just don't sound very exciting i think oprah winfrey has a tie-up to apple now what they're doing here is putting in big names for the publicity value oh look at the names of the people we have building shows and maybe that's how house of cards originally became something to watch on Netflix before we had the you know the fallout with Kevin Spacey and all the stuff he's doing. But an Oscar winner, Kevin Spacey, Oscar winner, Robin Wright. Putting all these famous people together, the name value meant something. Now the Marvel shows Daredevil and Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, The Punisher, Defenders, mm-hmm. most of those people were relative unknowns. Those shows became popular, and we've lost Daredevil, Iron Fist, and Luke Cage. They became popular because they were good shows. People watched them and liked them. You didn't require famous names, so this is the same thing here. It used to be, you know, star vehicles in Hollywood where you give a star a lot of money and they produce something, and you think people will see it because it's that star. And very few people, very few stars get away with that. Even Tom Cruise, a lot of his films, Jack Reacher, stuff like that, eh, don't do so well. It's only Mission Impossible that really, really does it for Tom Cruise these days. And partly because when Mission Impossible first came to the screen, it had credibility because of the TV show and the same theme music. It was a popular TV show brought to the big screen quite different but still the basic thing you know where they impersonate somebody to basically you know with the crazy masks and everything to beat the spies and that franchise has held up but what else does tom cruise do how many actors these days can get a star vehicle anymore and i can't imagine the same thing happens to tv yeah, I
1: mean, I, yeah, I don't know. i I tell you something I've heard from, from various connected people, and that is um, Eddie Q, who, who leads all this stuff, is basically a – what's a polite radio way to say this? A uh, Enamored with stardom, shall we say. Um, there is a much ruder term I could use, but basically he wants to hang around with celebrities. To, to me, I, see, I, my very deeply, deeply cynical suspicion is that this is Eddie excuse to hang out with a bunch of Hollywood stars.
0: Hey, that's uh, the, we have to end it there. All right. Josh Sanders, please tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff.
1: All right. Bits.com, all my articles, takecontrolbooks.com for my books, on Twitter at jcenters, or at um, I'm actually working on my, redoing my website at com.
0: so come by and pay me a visit. Josh Centers, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. All right. Thanks, sir.
10: Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
11: SA Radio News with Tim Berg. The city of Aurora, Illinois, is setting up a GoFundMe page for the victims of Friday's shooting at a manufacturing plant. The Aurora Strong Community Fund hopes to raise around $50,000 for the families of the five people who died and the people who were injured, including police officers. Aurora Police Chief Kristen Zeman on the mood of her officers.
8: There's a lot of somberness knowing that lives lost. As I was talking to a few officers, they said they felt like they saved a lot of lives today, but they're going to be concentrating on the four, um, on the, 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 the five victims that they, they couldn't. And so right now there's a, 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 on one hand a sigh of relief that our officers are going to be okay.
11: President Trump spending the holiday weekend at his Mar-a-Lago resort as reaction continues to come in from him declaring a national emergency. At least three lawsuits are in the works and Democrats are planning to block the move in Congress. This is USA Radio News.
18: Does your business spend $500 a month or more on gas and electric bills? Did you know by making a simple free phone call, you can save up to 25% on your bill every month. What could you do with a 25% savings on utility bills every month? Energy deregulation is now available in your state. Making one simple phone call will show you how we can lower your gas and electric bills instantly. With no changes to your bill and no enrollment fee. This is a free service. The only thing you'll notice is a lower bill every month. Call U.S. Power & Light right now. Learn how easy it is to lower your utility bills for your business and save money. We promise. So, if you spend over $500 a month on your gas and electric bills, please call right now and unleash your savings. 800-941-3381. 800-941-3381. 800-941-3381. That's 800-941-3381.
6: Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? 92 Hotline now, 800 503 8625. 800 503 8625. 800 503 8625.
12: What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know.
0: So we're talking to Stephen Baker of the NPD Group with lots of things on the agenda. And one of the things, pardon?
13: I said, oh boy.
0: Yeah, right. How are you standing the weather over there? uh,
13: Weather's been okay. It's uh, been kind of up and down, cold and uh, occasional some snow. But, you know, I travel a lot, so the weather in Virginia doesn't always uh, bother me so much.
0: You're used to it, Ben yeah i left the northeast 25 years ago so i don't know where that goes i wanted to ask you about something here about the watch market the smart watch market when uh-huh. the apple watch first came out yep. people said oh you know it's kind of a flash in the pan or something what is apple doing and it looks to me like every year even though apple doesn't release figures the category in which it belongs. Is always growing by double digits, and now yeah. you've did a survey of yep. the watch category. Can you give us some specifics?
13: Sure. Um, I believe we we um, put out some numbers that said the category is up about fifty or sixty percent. Very highly focused on younger younger demographics. Definitely seen in in acceleration in the interest in smartwatches over the last couple of years as we've moved more towards making the watch um, both a separate device because of the LTE being embedded. And I think, you know, the advancements in the marketing around health, et cetera, uh, really does set it aside from just being you know, some other kind of a product, which I think, you know, to what you were saying earlier, I think the original kind of watches besides this whole fashion thing and the $10,000 ones, which looking back was clearly, you know, some uh, a poor decision on Apple's part to, to go down that lane at the very beginning. But the increased functionality and all these other pieces are making the product more relevant for, uh, for consumers and for the market as a whole, people got tired a little bit of um, just Fitbit kind of trackers and they were looking for something a little bit more. You know, we're seeing that, you know, and we're seeing it from the Apple Watch. Uh, Fitbit's new products as well have done very well. Uh, you know, we're seeing a lot more interest in health and insurance companies. And I think uh, in the mid midterm, I suspect. We will see a lot more activity in watches and wearables uh, that don't necessarily come through retail and other kinds of channels and are much more about helping managing people's fitness and health, et cetera, and tracking them like we get tracked about everything else. But the market has been very strong. It's been one of the best growth uh, products even in, in consumer retail over the last uh, 18 months or
0: so. Now, I get the impression here when Apple came out and tried to make this a fashion product, and they probably were feeling their way and didn't realize where it would land, which is health and fitness. But what I see today, I'll go to a Circle K, which is a convenience store. I don't know if you have any in Virginia. It's like a 7-Eleven. Oh. And you see the cashier, and we know the cashier is getting barely above minimum wage, but they're wearing an Apple Watch. Fairly recent one. And I'll ask them, you know, how'd you get it? Well, you know, I saved for it. My parents gave it to me. We also see, for example, so that's when you were talking about younger people here. Younger people appear to be embracing this despite the fact that, for example, an Apple Watch is not a cheap thing. And is it that they're willing to work for that money, hope they get a big allowance, or what?
13: I'm just a dichotomy in Apple products in general which is um, they've always had at least the reputation in a lot of other areas of being you know very focused on younger people but when you actually do some install base surveys and things it always tends to be a much older demographic because of the cost. Um, I think what you're seeing with the Apple Watch and you know to the extent obviously I think the phone as well is that uh, these products become more important to younger consumers because of how they interact with a digital, digital lifestyle in the digital world. And you are willing to spend on these things. I'm sure that those people are telling you what, what actually happened, but I actually believe that what they did was spent less money on a car or on clothing or sneakers or um, some other piece of electronics because they prioritized these kind of electronics over things that 10 or 20 years ago people would have prioritized
0: now i've seen also health insurance companies offering an apple watch and not necessarily just the apple watch if for their customers who achieve certain health and fitness goals now that also is a I don't know, a decent factor pushing Apple Watches? Is that a big part of the market?
13: You know, I, I think it's a, it's a piece of the market now. I don't think it's quite the driver that just tremendous consumer sales are right at the moment. But I think over time, uh, it will be a bigger and bigger and more important part of the market. Again, as um, everybody looks to try to leverage the things that a watch can do or wearable in general can do to help drive uh, fitness and
7: um, better health
0: well the health thing seems important the ecg feature on the new apple watch series 4 is important i saw an ad the other day about ecg and they were selling a device that does just that for a hundred dollars or you get an apple watch which does all these other things And I guess that would have a meaning for people like me in the older category. Wouldn't it be nice for me to have an Apple Watch to keep tabs if I have a problem? And the other one is, remember the famous commercial, I'm falling and I can't get up. Well, the Apple Watch responds to that. (laughs) You know, it's like answering that demand. And of course, if you look at each individual feature, there may be standalone portable products for that, but Apple's putting all that stuff in there. And you wonder how far can they go with this? So, uh, here's what,
13: you know, idle speculation, right? I think there will be a core of users who want fully functional devices. But I think over time, some of that health and fitness stuff will be a little bit more specialized. Because um, certain demographics either don't want all that complexity or... Uh, if you're getting something from an insurance company as part of a, a health package, uh, those those areas tend to be very focused on not spending a lot on upfront costs like that. So they're going to want maybe less uh, features that are in features that are more focused on the health and fitness results that the insurance company or the doctor is trying to uh, drive. So, in some levels, I think something, what we think of as a watch today is going to be overkill for a lot of those health environments because it just does a lot of things. It may be that, you know, the watch does one thing and you get sneakers or shoes that are wearables, so or you get something in clothing or some other part of your body, eyeglasses that can also track things, and it's more of a... um specialized market that focuses on uh, specific issues that someone might have as opposed to being a little bit more generic that uh, Apple, an Apple Watch, which is trying to do a lot of things might be.
0: An all-in-one solution. And of course, you've probably read about this or heard about this. Apple has hired medical doctors to work with them in these various categories. We've got more to come. We've got Stephen Baker of the NPD Group. We started the discussion about the growth in smartwatches. And I want to see what some of the other companies are doing because Apple Watch seems to be gaining the presence here. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live.
10: You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
19: If you owe money to the
14: IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Working through the IRS Fresh Start program, all the forms will be handled for you. All you have to do is make the toll-free call, 800-239-9957. Find out if you qualify and possibly save yourself thousands of dollars, not to mention a lot of headaches. It could be the best call you've made today. That number again, 800-239-9957. The service does not provide tax settlement or legal services. We will refer you to a company that does provide such services. Often the IRS will not agree to any reduction in the amount owed. Not all taxpayers who owe more than $10,000 will qualify for a tax reduction program.
9: This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637
12: what are you listening to the tech night isle live with gene steinberg what's going to happen next you never know
0: now your survey mentions the top five of smartwatches. and of course you can't really know the exact figures i guess because apple doesn't give them how can you assess its place in the market
13: so while there's there's a top five obviously the the apple apple product is far and away the market leader you know i don't think there'd be anybody who would would dispute those uh that kind of an environment so you know fitbit samsung garmin there's a lot of other choices out there Some that are specialized, some that are trying to be a little bit more generic, but, you know, clearly far and away, the Apple Watch is the leading product in the category.
0: But the Apple Watch doesn't become another iPhone by any means, does it? Unless it it can take over almost completely for the wireless phone for a lot of purposes.
13: Right. Well, you know, you're going to see some of that. And that's why I think the future for a product like this has to be both a generic product and a more specialized product. You know, Apple Watch is great if you have an iPhone. If you don't have an iPhone, you know, then there are certain things that become a little bit more challenging, right? The whole idea, when you get to certain demographics who might not want another phone, a phone or a smartphone or might not have an iPhone, and as Apple grows their sales, they're going to want to find ways, especially if it's going to be more as they focus more and more in health, they're going to have to find ways that these products can be useful without being tied into the Apple ecosystem because not everybody is going to have the Apple ecosystem. Well,
0: will make it more independent. Certainly we see Apple doing that with Apple TV where... We saw, for example, an Apple TV unit being offered as kind of a premium for Direct TV. now. You'd pay for three months, $35 a month, and get an Apple TV worth $179. Verizon's going to be offering it or is offering it with their 5G service, that sort of thing. But we also see Apple, and this may lead to another point here about the Apple ecosystem. Apple is now licensing AirPlay 2 to TV makers, almost all the major TV makers, Vizio, Samsung, Sony, LG, AirPlay 2, Samsung's new models are offering kind of an Apple app on the set. So you don't, it picks up your your Apple services such as movies from iTunes. So this is a way of spreading a big portion, the important portion of the Apple TV to regular TV sets. First, let's
13: look at the history uh, let's let's look at really old history because I'm kind of old. If we go back and think about the iPod, all right, let's really go back. The iPod originally was only for it would only work with uh, Mac, and the iPod sales really started to take off when iTunes was developed and built to work with Windows.
0: That's when hell froze over. Go ahead. <laughs>
13: yeah but you know what i I would not have been the phenomenon it was if it only worked with you know ten or fifteen percent of the installed base of pcs so Apple understands at some level when they need to be part of a broader ecosystem and when they can close in their ecosystem and I think what we saw at c e s with them releasing. AirPlay 2 and an iTunes app with Samsung is a recognition that if they really want to do content and they want to have a broader play in that content market, then they have to be in places where people watch content. And honestly, while we watch a lot of content on phones, uh, you know, you just have to look at some of the numbers Netflix has even shown. The majority of uh, that kind of entertainment is consumed on the television. And Apple has struggled to get TV share with the Apple TV. Its pricing is considerably higher than its competitors. Uh, it's not embedded anywhere like Roku, for example. You know, if they want to be a player in that, that, that market, then they're going to have to have uh, ways that a broader a group of consumers can use it. Just like, and let's take it all the way back, just like I do believe that at some point the watch needs to be, or a watch-like product, needs to be more accessible to older people who are not as likely to have smartphones and other kinds of things if they want to be able to take advantage of and grow the ecosystem around health benefits in the product.
0: Apple is learning what Microsoft learned, which is you make a lot of money on services, and the more platforms you're available on, the more money you make, just like Apple Music. Apple Music is iPhone, it's Android, it's Mac Windows.
13: Yeah, Apple Music is another perfect example. Um, What I think we're starting to see is that Apple is recognizing that, you know, they've got a very big install base, but at some point they have to figure out how to selectively add uh, the highest value pieces of what they have, selectively add other parts of the um, market into their ecosystem and make their products available to those people as well.
0: Well, it's also the realization that the growth in smartphones has pretty much stopped. We see no, you know, where are you going to sell smartphones except as replacements. And since Apple decided with iOS 12 to make performance better on older equipment, there's not this incentive to upgrade as much anymore.
13: But that's not really the issue we're talking about here, right? Um, I think the bigger issue is that in general, most people don't change operating systems. Selling services is not about selling new devices. It's about having a large install base. And um, that's more important. And I think the bigger problem for Apple is that they have whatever it is, 45% or so of the install base in the U.S. at least of phones. And if you want to sell services and you've already sold those services to the install base, you need to make the install base bigger, or you're not going to have new people coming in who can buy some of those new services.
0: As we say, every, almost everybody who wants a smartphone has one. It's replacements that count very much here. So yeah. then and, again, sure. where where does Apple go? Can it do anything whatever here to boost iPhone sales anymore, other than reaching out to India and other countries where it's not served well.
10: So probably not.
13: I think, you know, obviously they have to look at markets that are under penetrated. And the other part is they have to find ways um, to get, to get install base away from their competitors. Um, again, that's the the goal. If, if the goal isn't to sell as many phones anymore, but it's to to sell the services, sell Apple Music or sell app, Apple Health or whatever, then um, you know the goal is to make those those services available on as broad a reach of devices and to as broad a um, ecosystem of consumers as you can possibly make them. So, you know, I think they're at a bit of a crossroads right now in those kind of things and trying to figure out how do we uh, go to that next step and how much are we willing to open up certain parts of our service environment for people who don't have Apple devices and what's that going to mean for their uh, experience with the service and how do we price those kind of things against what are certainly competing services that are available on those in those other ecosystems.
0: So the main point here is that Apple's marketing people have to look at this very carefully when they're extending the reach of a certain service. They've got to see what impact that has on potential sales of Apple gear. I guess with the Apple TV, it doesn't matter. They aren't selling so many.
13: I think that's a fair point, yes.
0: Does that mean the Apple TV just remains a specialty product or does it go bye-bye?
13: At least for now, I would say it's going to become a bit more of a niche and a bit more of a specialty product um, focused on people who are much more interested in a uh, much more dominant Apple experience. Um, And then for those other people, they're going to have iTunes apps on televisions and AirPlay and other kinds of ways to get that content onto other
0: devices. We've got more to come with Stephen Baker of the NPD Group. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Ally. <laughs>
2: Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit Rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com.
3: Standing up for what's right. Helping out when things go wrong. Seeking the truth and speaking our minds. Not just making records, but breaking them. Leading the way behind the camera, beyond the runway, and on the silver screen. Not just making our mark, but making a difference. Now that's a job for a Girl Scout. Girl Scouts, preparing girls for a lifetime of leadership.
7: Get get night out live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now it's Uncle Gene.
9: Yeah, it's him.
0: So there you go. I have not thought personally about using an Apple TV. I had the third generation model, the regular HD version. And the new one came out, not just because it was more expensive, but at that point I had a Vizio TV with Google, Chromecast, and a Smartcast app, and I didn't have a lot of Apple content, although you can convert that with movies anywhere. didn't have a lot. I could rent through Amazon. I could rent through Walmart's Vudu. I didn't have the need anymore to use an Apple TV, so I just put it away. And that was it. Now, of course, the one holdout, I guess, with adding the Apple ecosystem is Roku, is a TCL because they're tied in with Roku, who may also make an agreement with Apple. By the way, does that affect the sales of Roku devices that you've got a fairly low-cost TV with it built in? It
13: it hasn't. You know, not everybody wants a fairly low-cost TV. The Roku's. Uh ecosystem and operating system have done very well and are 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 very focused on providing a very broad uh, experience to people. The fact that there are a lot of televisions uh, has only been good for them and their ecosystem and really hasn't created any kind of a challenge between the TVs that have Roku embedded and the major brands and the top four brands, right, Vizio, Sony, Samsung, LG, none of which have uh, Roku operating system. So we've got a long way to go for them at least, never mind the competition with the Amazon or Google or Apple with the hardware. Roku's got a long way to go. A lot of TVs that can still take a Roku hardware device, uh, that really aren't competitive to the operating system.
0: And Apple provided software solutions here, iTunes, AirPlay 2 support. I understand, I don't know how many models it impacts, some older models can get an update, a software update, to enable uh, support.
13: Yeah, that will happen. Um, you can't, obviously, oftentimes you can't depend on piece of things like that, but I think you'll see see some of that uh, happen. It's in everybody's, again, best interest if it can. Uh, Just like you were talking about the phone market, you know, a lot of the TV market obviously is replacements as well, and replacements happen relatively slowly. So if you're not uh, available in ways that people can bolt onto their TV, like an Apple TV or a Roku, depending just on the television, is going to take a while because it takes a while for TVs to turn over.
0: With regard to 4K, everything but the very, very cheap sets is 4K now. Do you have any assessment to what percentage of the USA market has converted to 4K?
13: From a hardware perspective? Yes. We're we're pretty close to... You know, it's not 50% of TVs that have 4K, but it's getting pretty close. We're we're at a point now where just about every TV 43 inches and above uh, is 4K, and that's more than half the sales volume every year. So, um, you know, in, in pretty much the last three years, every really big TV has been 4K. It'll take a little while, I think, to continue to, to move the ecosystem totally into 4K. But it's big enough now that uh, no one who's thinking about developing content in 4K would be concerned about the potential audience. The potential audience is out there and anxious for 4K uh, content.
0: Speaking of which, cable and satellite providers have really lagged on this. I guess DirecTV offers 4K, but it used to require, unless you had certain brands that they had some kind of setup with, you'd have to get two boxes to get 4K. So it's kind of weird. Is the fact of the much wider bandwidth holding back adoption of 4K with the cable satellite providers?
13: It's not necessarily holding them back because a lot of people can get uh, bandwidth from a lot of places. Most people don't use their satellite devices as the only means of uh, of internet connectivity. So if you just look at a regular home, we're, we're seeing a greater number every time, and we actually do some surveys around this, that of people who have at least 25 gigabits of um, bandwidth, which is pretty much the minimum you'd want for uh, 4K. You know, yes, I recognize some of the issues around streaming things through satellite, etc. But satellite's are obviously struggling right now. Um, more and more of those customers are moving over either back to cable or to um, an internet solution or something else. In general, you know, so the idea that a satellite can't deliver 4K, 4K content, probably a lot less important going forward
0: speaking of which i forget which provider one of the satellite providers indicated they had no plans to launch any more satellites is that direct tv
13: don't remember didn't hear that there's a lot of satellites up there so maybe they can uh figure out a way to use one of those ones that are up there although you know where i live all the um all the rocket scientists live near me who build those satellites. So the next time I'm at a neighborhood party,
3: maybe I'll ask somebody.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the TV content then. Apple. Okay. Apple apparently signed up all these people to produce its own TV content. They bought a studio and everything. They've got big names. J.J. Abrams. They've got Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Aniston, Steven Spielberg, whatever. Now, I could say I'm not terribly impressed with any of the shows rumored, although I read the trades. So does Apple institute a full-flavored streaming service to compete with Hulu and Netflix and Amazon? Or do they just offer this a la carte? Do they mix it with Apple Music and this new Apple News package? What do you think?
13: I think you're probably going to see it mixed in a kind of an Apple channels, sort of the way the Amazon channels work. Uh, clearly, spending a billion dollars on content uh, is not enough if you want a channel that is all your own original content. <laughs> that, that That's not going to fill 24 hours a day, except with the same thing over and over again. If you're going to be providing video content directly, and some of it is yours, you need to have ways that as part of the channel package that people are able to easily access, you've got to have other channels available. And whether that's HBO has been rumored to be in there, CBS, you've got to find some other uh, content partners to, to do that. And certainly if you look at, you know, the Netflix model, you um, You know, five years ago, most of their content was stuff they bought from the studios. and Increasingly, the majority of their content is things that they
0: produce on their own. Right. But Netflix had to make deals with the studios. So Apple would have to go back and contact the major studios and say, can we license some of your back films or current films?
13: Yeah. They could, except that's really not the way things are working anymore. And most of those studios are going to have their own apps because they don't want to give up the control over the content in that way. So what Apple would have to do is have a a set of channels that you can or can't purchase against a cbs or a paramount or a fox or disney or whomever is going to have those streaming apps so it's not quite the same as how uh netflix you know got its start but i think that's the kind of thing you're going to see i've already seen that kind of environment with uh amazon where in amazon channels where they offer uh, not just the amazon but uh, they they offer the other channels as well as part of a, a pay package or you know in the cases where they're free same way Roku works
0: we got so more we way. got more to come with stephen baker of the npd group i'm gene Steinberger in the tech night now live
2: attack of the rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike it's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget
14: When I was arrested.
18: Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please, don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800-213-9264. 800-213-9264. 800-213-9264. Call right now before it's too late. 800-213-9264.
5: Groceries by mail, ships free. Try our amazing bacon. It stores in your pantry. No refrigeration required. Our value-added packaging provides a 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Always price less than grocery for your everyday use. Savory and delicious. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com
0: Long and short of it is, here is that Apple will provide its TV shows and a gateway to get other services. So you get a mixture yeah. of content through an Apple app, and the TV shows will be the icing on the cake?
13: Well, you need, you need a tent pole, and I think they will use their, their own content as tent poles to, to help promote the service.
0: So it doesn't matter if they kick a couple of billion into this that's chump change for apple
13: <laughs> yeah i you know uh okay couple billion here, here and pretty soon it adds up to real money right
0: i heard that i had heard by the way to throw this back a story claiming that the apple tv is sold by apple pretty much at cost they're not making a profit they expect to gain it back in services isn't that kind of unusual for apple if it's true
13: uh, it would be. Um, it would reflect a couple of things. One, that the Apple TV is um, over-engineered is maybe the wrong way to put it, but that they would need to go back and look at the um, what they're actually selling because certainly Roku is providing something that is pretty good, and we know they're not losing money on every piece of hardware they sell. So... Um, Yes, there, I would suspect that the Apple TV is a lower-margin product, but um, I would be surprised if they were selling it at cost.
0: What are we hearing, speaking of Apple products, the HomePod? Uh-huh. I don't we hear doing? about it making much of a dent in the market.
13: No. Nope. So the challenge with the HomePod, besides being maybe a little bit late to the market, although probably not as late as people might, um, think it was, is that again? They're selling something that has theoretically higher quality. That's focused on on music. That's focused on sound. Where the products that are selling right now in those in that category, while do people use them a lot for music, are much more focused on you know, voice and home control and trying to build out that ecosystem. And they're sold by, as part of their, a business from two companies that don't really care if they make any money selling that, and that's Google and Amazon. And clearly, when they sell minis or echoes or dots, uh, those are not profit items for them. They are... How do I build my install base and my ecosystem as fast as possible? And as you just mentioned, Apple prefers not to sell things at cost. They also prefer not to sell entry level kinds of products like that. So they're a little bit stuck because that's where the what mar- the kind of things that the market is asking for right now. And um, their business model doesn't necessarily provide them a um, entree into selling products that fit in that, that more entry-level mode. And at the same time, they have competition even in the premium space with people like Sonos. So uh, it's not like they're the only premium voice speaker out there with a great reputation for delivering uh, sound and audio.
0: And I think it's fair to say that and- most people will take – a standard product that's good enough for them at a decent price even though there's a product at a higher price with somewhat better sound obviously the premium headphones you know make a big difference over the earbuds that come with say your iPhone but what percentage of the people even bother to consider it
13: so i'm not going to equate headphones to smart speakers because they're very different and in, in fact in headphones the uh, premium, at least in the wireless space, premium headphones sell in greater quantities than low cost headphones. But I think in general, yes, um, you know, you have to find people who value the feature that that product provides and are willing to pay extra for it. And right now in the speaker market, the incremental value of much better sound and better music quality does not offset some of the challenges Apple has around voice control and uh, other device control. And when consumers are making those choices, they're much more swayed by that and swayed by $20 price points.
0: In the real world, are lots of people even buying smart speakers?
13: Oh, the Amazon and the... Echo dots and and Minis sell extremely well. Yes, on a unit basis, certainly.
0: Do we have a feeling how many they sell? Because uh, Amazon doesn't release figures.
13: No, um, you know, I would say, you know, between two of them, they sold more. They sold more than 20 million units last year. So we're not talking about a small, small product segment here.
0: And again, Amazon wants to drag you into their ecosystem. Speaking of products (laughs) that may or may not have traction, let's move back to the PC space. We haven't really covered that. And PC sales are flat or declining. Apple increased revenue on Macs. I'm not sure whether that was because of higher prices, because of some new models, more unit sales. I don't know. But... In terms of the PC market, what do companies do for growth?
13: So, two pieces, right? So um, Apple, just like the rest of the PC market, um, is growing its revenue by growing its average selling price, not not necessarily raising prices, but uh, in general, consumer trends in PCs are that they want, a more fully-featured device that has more, better screens, has touch, has a better processor. Um, Consumers aren't necessarily looking for an extremely low-cost device, although obviously there's plenty of those out there. Um, Apple's uh, success, as you mentioned, certainly has been recently around revenue. Um, While their unit numbers may be a little bit longer than some of the Windows uh, areas. Uh, They're not exactly growing by double digits either. And much of their recent revenue increase has been uh, basically switching the MacBook Air business away from that entry-level old and kind of obsolete MacBook Air to the new one. Didn't really add a lot of units, but um, their average selling price over the last few months, has gone up about 15 percent as the mix has shifted um, towards higher price points.
0: We look at the Mac Mini, for example, the 2014 version, the one previous to the current one. It started at 499, and some people felt it was worse than the previous 599 version. The new price is 799. If they sell the same number of units, you get the picture. More to come with. Stephen Baker of the NPD Group. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night on Live.
10: Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today.
11: USA Radio News with Tim Berg. The city of Aurora, Illinois, is setting up a GoFundMe page for the victims of Friday's shooting at a manufacturing plant. The Aurora Strong Community Fund hopes to raise around $50,000 for the families of the five people who died and the people who were injured, including police officers. Aurora Police Chief Kristen Zeman on the mood of her officers.
8: There's a lot of somberness knowing that lives lost. As I was talking to a few officers, they said they felt like they saved a lot of lives today, but they're going to be concentrating on the four, um, on the, 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 the five victims that they, they couldn't. And so right now there's a, 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 on one hand a sigh of relief that our officers are going to be okay.
11: President Trump spending the holiday weekend at his Mar-a-Lago resort as reaction continues to come in from him declaring a national emergency. At least three lawsuits are in the works and Democrats are planning to block the move in Congress. This is USA Radio News.
18: Does your business spend $500 a month or more on gas and electric bills? Did you know by making a simple free phone call, you can save up to 25% on your bill every month. What could you do with a 25% savings on utility bills every month? Energy deregulation is now available in your state. Making one simple phone call will show you how we can lower your gas and electric bills instantly. With no changes to your bill and no enrollment fee. This is a free service. The only thing you'll notice is a lower bill every month. Call U.S. Power & Light right now. Learn how easy it is to lower your utility bills for your business and save money. We promise. So if you spend over $500 a month on your gas and electric bills, please call right now and unleash your savings. 800-941-3381. 800-941-3381. 800-941-3381. That's 800-941-3381 bags under the eyes
16: crow's feet fine lines and wrinkles are things adults complain about as they age now there's instantly ageless it works in minutes and is great for men and women
10: i've probably noticed in the past five years that my eyes have gained a lot of fine lines wrinkles my curls feet have gotten deeper wow i was hoping
3: for five years but that's like what my eyes looked like 10 years ago that is really cool wrinkle gone <laughs> it's easy just put it on your finger and go no, I I had more down here because I can still see one wrinkle It's bugging me. I am a little bit emotional. I, turning 40, I didn't think would be a big
10: deal to me, but that looks like the me that I feel like inside instead of what, um, what I see when I look in the mirror.
16: Try Instantly Ageless today at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com. 30-day money-back guarantee and preferred price discount at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com.
12: What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg.
0: So I'm citing here, Stephen, even the Mac Mini. Being much, much more expensive, a four ninety nine device becomes seven ninety nine, and you could customize it till it's over three thousand dollars.
13: Yes, and you know, this, and despite what you said, they certainly aren't going to sell the same amount at seven ninety nine that they sold at four ninety nine or at two thousand dollars. So again, I think the recognition of everyone who competes in the PC space is that. Um, the path to stability profitability is not driving more units because driving more units is increasingly not not possible. And the way to success is to make sure you've got great product with great design, great features, and taking advantage of what the market trends are. Go back to things like you know people watching content. A lot of content gets watched on PCs through things like Netflix. And uh, when you do that, you want a better screen. So that's a way to raise the average selling price. Certainly on the PC side, gaming has been a huge growth area for the PC makers in the last couple of years. As Gaming around things like eSports and Twitch and those kind of things has really, really uh, taken off.
0: Did you notice when Apple introduced the iPad Pro, the 2018 models, they claimed that graphics performance was on a par with like an Xbox. So they're encouraging the use of these devices for gaming.
13: Yes. Uh, Gaming is the hot use case. Um, Creators as well. Obviously, that's an area that... um, Apple has always been very strong in, but in the last couple of years, I think, you know, we, we can all argue that the Windows guys have made some inroads in that. And I think in general, doubling down on things like creators and uh, features that allow better gaming, features that allow better content consumption, uh, those are going to be winners in the PC market
0: find more uses they sell more units i guess that's how it works now pursuing that a little bit further in terms of pcs you talk about better displays apple of course has the imac with the 5k retina display the imac pro with a similar display reports rumors are that apple this year will introduce a standalone display but right now if you want 5k and you don't buy an imac Isn't LG the only choice? I've seen others announced, but they never seem to go on sale. So if you want a 5K, you want the best sharpness, the best picture, why aren't there more 5K independent displays?
13: Uh, Because they're very expensive, I think, in general. The other part is that, uh, at least for mainstream consumers, for the most part, those consumers are not um, don't need that on a notebook and they're not watching a lot of content on a desktop. And um, when you move into uh, creators who are, you know, really taxing their systems, they have lots and lots of very high resolution options uh, at price points that most of us uh, would not accept <laughs> as being uh, um, cost effective. You know, the IMAX, a little bit of a different beast there. Uh, LG. Is probably the only one I think some others have released. 5K, but you know LG's been uh, very successful with their product focused on Apple. It would be very interesting if Apple released their own um, monitor. Monitor sales are actually growing right now around gaming and uh, a few other activities. But it would be kind of against the grain of what Apple's been doing, which is really trying to focus its hardware efforts on. Uh, products that have considerable uh, volume opportunity and that they can uh, really differentiate with an Apple experience. And I'm not exactly sure what they're going to be able to do with a monitor, a standalone monitor, that's going to um, offer uh, a differentiated enough experience for Apple to get the incremental kind of margins that they typically expect.
0: And I believe... Correct me if I'm wrong, that LG is the major source of Apple's 5K displays. So it's just a matter of sticking one in their own case. Yeah. Yeah. So Apple could do the same thing. They take some of the 5K displays and put them in an Apple case and do the rest. What about 8K? I mean, Mm -hmm. we've seen this introduced at the CES. I guess some very expensive sets are on the market. We don't even have enough content for 4K now. And it's, you know, just hitting a good point. Is AK a pipe dream for a long, long time? I fail to see where anyone will see the difference unless it's on a seventy five inch screen and maybe not then.
13: Well, in general, AK is probably for the for the foreseeable future, A, gonna be a niche for the you know, the next three years minimum. A K is really sixty five and above at a minimum. Screen, but if you followed some of the things at CES, a lot of the announcements with 8K right now are mostly around uh, screen sizes at 88 or 86 and 98, really really large uh, screens where you can take advantage of that. So we're ways away from a lot of 8K content. I think everybody's looking at the Olympics next year in Tokyo, where. They've already talked and said they're going to broadcast a lot of it in 8K. We will see a lot of 8K TVs. Uh, The advantage in general is going to be, you know, better processing, um, better upscaling uh, for most consumers and most purchasers uh, because there won't be a lot of native, native content there. But, you know, the people who are going to buy 8K televisions, pretty much know what they're getting into nobody kind of accidentally buys an eight thousand or twelve thousand dollar television
0: okay Samsung's q 900 that's a smart K series I don't know if you can actually buy this or not but the entry level model is 65 inches it's 4999 yep. and they push financing zero percent financing the top of the line which is 85 inches is $14,999. And then it says, get the latest TV every two years with Samsung financing when you purchase an eligible QLED or frame TV. I guess you're getting into something like an AT&T Next, where they get you to pay forever and you replace your set every so often.
13: Yes. (laughs) Everybody is looking to build out those kind of... um those, that kind of service where um, you're guaranteed to have a great product. You pay basically a monthly fee. You know, you're leasing at some level really, right? You're just kind of leasing the, the product. And when you're ready to get whatever's cool next, you run out and get that. So I'm sure for most people, $49.99 TV uh, with 8K at 65 inches isn't particularly infor- affordable. Um, less than 10% of all TVs sold in the US are sold above $1,000, never mind $3,000. So again, we're talking about um, a very, very select uh, volume of product. And um, at least for content availability, They're much more concerned with the unit install base than the TV brands or the retailers who are much more interested in the revenue that derives from selling those products.
0: Samsung, by the way, is touting AI upscaling, some kind of super smart upscaling scheme, so your 4K content and your HD content will look much better. But then... Remember that the first 4K TVs were not very cheap. It took quite a while for them to spread. 8K, I don't know. Again, as we see, the smallest set Samsung offers is 65 inches, which is probably borderline. More to come with Stephen Baker of the NPD Group. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live.
10: Thank you for listening to GCN.
0: Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host.
2: February is Heart Month. Every
12: year, for the month of February, to show our appreciation to Extendivite's faithful customers, we have a sale. If you would like to try Extendivite, now is the time to get a few months ahead and really give Extendivite the time to show you how it works. Most of Extendivite's long term customers wait for this sale to stock up people and doctors tell us about the unbelievable improvements that they have experienced in their overall health, not just the heart. Extendivite wants you to experience the power of these herbs. Get a four-month supply for only $115 for either the capsules or tincture. Please take advantage of this once-per-year sale and get healthy for life. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com or find us on Amazon. Extend your
5: life with Extender
21: It's time to start drinking Tohibo tea. Tahibo tea comes from the inner bark of the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. The Tejibo tree never gets sick, never gets infected, and never gets infested. As a result, it contains antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. Tahibo tea can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening condition due to infection, diabetes, or cancer. Every week, someone calls in with the story of another miraculous recovery. Order your Tejibo tea now for only 34.95 per pound plus shipping. 1 pound makes 300 servings, which is only 12 cents per cup. Call today 818-883-7222. Again, 818-883-7222 or buy online at drinksupertea.com. That's drinksupertea.com. All orders ship the same day. Call now 818-883-7222 or buy online at drinksupertea.com.
19: Hey, everyone. Proactive MD has an incredible offer for our radio listeners only. Stay tuned for our exclusive offer that includes a free charcoal pore cleansing brush and free shipping. Proactive MD with prescription strength Adapalene can heal and prevent future breakouts. Today, for just $19.95, we're offering listeners the three-piece Proactive MD system with free shipping, plus a free gift, the new charcoal pore cleansing brush. Get this exclusive offer by calling now, 1-800-583-8662, or go to proactive.com
12: live with gene steinberg it's the tech night owl because you never know what's going to happen next
0: oh and one more thing Before we go on with Stephen Baker, according to Samsung, if you go to their site, the new models will ship by March 1st, depending on the size. So it's March 1st, and let's take a look at the 85, okay. They'll ship at March 8th, the 85 inch, the 82 inch will ship by March 15th. So between March 1st and March 15th, you will allegedly be able to have one of these shipped to your home. I mean, if you have the money, you know, you made it out good in the stock market and you don't mind paying $5,000 to $14,999 for a new TV set, well, what the heck? I wonder if there will ever be a point where AK k becomes commonplace. Well, we look at 4K. You can make well, arguments that 4K isn't seen that much by most people.
13: So here's what I'm gonna tell you is never say never. Over the last, uh, let's just say 10 years, um, as I've worked and talked to TV manufacturers, probably 10 years ago, we used to talk about big screen TVs as flat panel. Big screen TVs is like 42, 43 inch TVs. In a couple of years, NPD forecasts that 65 inch will be the second largest screen size after 32 inch. So, we keep making these things bigger and bigger, finding ways to make them nicer looking and better performance. So I'm not willing to say you're never going to want a 8K or you're never going to want an 88-inch TV. But that, that business especially has proven over the years that the magic they can do in the, in the factories and in the fabs translates. Uh, relatively quickly out into the consumer market in terms of really interesting new kinds of products.
0: What I'm not hearing is a real explosion in OLED TVs. People are satisfied with their backlit LED. Does OLED ever reach that saturation point or maybe some other technology?
13: Well, today, you know, um, while LG Display has been really the only one Uh, doing OLED. I think one or two of the Chinese display companies will be doing some. It's been uh, expensive to do in very large screens. It's been difficult, so the yields aren't quite as good as LCD, and the costs are higher. At least, you know, going out into the future, OLED is likely to remain a niche in the way it is today.
0: Of course, if they find uh, better technology or something, maybe there will be. Well, I was thinking here, in one of my silly predictions, if Apple comes out with displays this year, they will have at least one 8K model for content creators because people are shooting 8K films.
21: They
13: might. I think the challenge would be to find, you know, panels and make things like that affordable. Um, You know, if if Samsung is selling a 65-inch television for $5,000, a 8K 65-inch monitor from Apple, we can only imagine what the price point is going to be.
0: The 5K display is like $1299.
13: It's not the same. So I would expect an 8K 65-inch monitor from Apple to be closer to $10,000, Right.
0: I'm wondering what the price of the next Mac Pro is going to be. The iMac Pro starts at 5 goes to over 14,000 fully outfitted. Now, right. a Mac Pro, we assume they expect it to be a faster, more powerful Xeon chips. Maybe it'll start for less because there's no display. Maybe it'll start for 3999 and shoot over to about $18,000 by the time you throw everything in it and the kitchen sink.
13: So we talked earlier about how average selling prices are going up and consumers are demanding different experiences. I would tell you that businesses, content creators, database managers, there are lots more people looking for workstation class performance like that and are willing to pay whether it's a you know a consultant or a, a, a single person who's doing those things or big corporations there is increasing amount of demand for those very very high end products that can satisfy the demand of what's an increasingly complicated uh, technology world
0: I just wonder who's going to buy it because we hear more and more about the middle class struggling to make ends meet, homes are unaffordable. Where do they find the extra money for the fancier TV sets or the fancier PCs? No, they don't.
13: These are not for those people. You know, Mac Pros and um, 5K displays and 8K televisions are not set up for those people.
0: So the assumption here is there are enough professionals. And then again, if you have a younger person who either himself or herself or their family spending 50000 a year for college and they want to get into filmmaking, they may find a way to invest in the high-cost gear because that's what they need.
13: You might. but So let's look at it from Apple or someone else's view, and I think you're probably thinking in the same way, that you're thinking about units. But think about dollars and think about profits. I can make a lot more money selling just a couple of really, really expensive PCs than I can selling a whole bunch of less expensive PCs, right? It takes 50 or 50, let's, let's use your 8K television example where the Samsung TV was $15,000. So, what I said before. About 10% of people will buy over, spend over $1,000 on a TV. So let's assume they spend $1,000. I have to sell 15 TVs to make $15,000. I only have to sell one 8K TV to make $15,000.
0: I get the point about profits. Better to sell that one 8K TV than Apple rather would sell the one unit and earn you know their 38% on a $15,000 product than 100 units at, you know, 499 which they'll never sell. They'll never be a cheap Mac. And now with the new Mac Mini at 799, there will never be a cheaper Mac like that. But the fast question to ask you before we let you go. One of the issues with the shortfall in sales of the iPhone was the foreign exchange rates. So iPhones became even more expensive overseas. And supposedly, like in China, Apple has begun to take price reductions into consideration. Does that really hurt their bottom line, or do they feel higher sales will make up the difference?
13: Well, you know, uh, they continue to talk about the future of Apple being uh, around services, and to the extent that they can, as all the things we said earlier, build the installed base, the, whatever kind of short-term challenge there might be on margin can be made up in the long term by having a bigger install base to sell the services into.
0: Stephen Baker, please tell our listeners if they want more information about the NPD group, where do they go?
13: Make sure you go to npd.com. We're always putting up new uh, new information, uh, not just about uh, tech business, about also many of the other uh, industries that we track. So, uh, lots of fun uh, fun facts
0: up there. You can find us at Tech Nite Owl on Twitter. We also have the new Tech Night Owl store at TechNightOwl.store, TechNightOwl.store with hundreds of items. Accessories for iPhones, MacBooks, headphones, lots of other stuff. You can also get a version of this show free of the network ads if you sign up for Tech Night Owl Plus. Prices begin at just $1.49 a week. Our price, cheap. Okay, go to plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com for more information, lots more information about Tech Night Owl Plus. Stephen Baker, thank you so much for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live.
13: Thanks, Gene. Had a great time.
19: The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bad channel.